Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. So one of the things that I really find fascinating and I admire so much are individuals who discover what their talents are and then act on them. And in this coming episode of Turned On, Angelique and I interview an amazing young lady who took her career and put it aside and started something completely different and now is just finding huge success at it. Well, what's so cool is she actually tapped into her spiritual gift and she didn't even realize it was one. And that really came through obedience and just being tuned in and turned on to what God was calling for her to do. But it's so out of the ordinary and so extraordinary. You're going to want to listen in on how she turned something that seemed so crazy into what will be truly an artisan's work into an enterprise. Check it out. All right, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Turned On with David and Angelique Nori. You know, as, as a couple, Angelique and I, we live in the same house, we work in the same house, but it's amazing how much we don't know sometimes because I'll come to her and say, hey, there's a really cool person I saw that I want to interview for this story. Let me show you what they're about. And I show her and she's like, oh, yeah, I've been talking to that girl for months now. I'm like, okay, so there's nothing new. So we got a really cool episode for you, and I'm going to preface it this way. There was a show back in the 50s, a game show called To Tell the Truth. And they had a, uh, a celebrity or a contestant or a person come on with kind of a weird occupation. And they would give clues. <laughs> and then based on the clues, the people would try and guess. So I'm going to just kind of, kind of intro our, our, our guest this way. Are you ready for this, Ange? I am. But okay. when you teed me up to this this morning, I, I could not see where it was going. And right now, I totally do. So thank you for <laughs> being a little bit more elaborate in today's description. So this person, uh, this young lady, works with bugs. She works with bugs, and she works with things that are no longer living. She works with dead things and bugs. Um, and she's a mom, and she's a wife, and she's an artist. And she's just got a really cool story. So right now you're probably wondering, well, what the heck does she do? Angela, why don't you introduce her? Well, it is actually my honor and privilege to introduce this woman because I actually have watched um, your journey for, I feel like we've been connected on social media for a couple of years now. And um, I had always had an affinity for um, the art that you produce, but I never saw it done in the way that you do it. And I didn't want to give it away. I'm going to let you tell your story. But Cassie and I got connected on Instagram and I'm obsessed with looking at her art. Um, it is beautiful. It's unique. 
Um, it's honorable. There's just so much to it. And the business story and the story of your journey and, and really how you were able to um, just tune in and turn on to your spiritual gifting um, is what this is really about. So Cassie Everson Martin is with us today. And I just would love if you could share with our listeners your story. Well, hey guys, I'm so honored that you asked me to do this because like Angelique said, I've been following you guys for a long time too. And I have such a high respect for you guys, but to really start the right place in my journey, we have to go back to, I would say when I was 22 years old, um, my husband and I found out that I was going to have our first child. And at the time I was using my college degree and um, I actually went to college for agricultural business and science and technologies. And then I also got a degree in marketing and I was actually an agronomist selling seed corn, insecticides, herbicides, pesticides, yeah. you know, like, what? Uh, can you all the things an agronomist. So I meeting an agronomist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I grew up, you know, dairy farming and I grew up in Wisconsin on farms. Um, I'm very well versed in it. But at the time when I found out I was pregnant, I went to my current, my boss at the time and I was like, Hey, I'm going to have a baby. And I worked in the fertilizer plant near all of the things. And I was like, just knowing what I know about these chemicals, I would really appreciate it if you could move me into an office in the main building. I still want to do my job, but I just don't want to be at the fertilizer plant. Well, instead of allowing me to keep my job, he made me an office girl and stripped me of everything. And I took that for about a month. And then I'm like, what am I doing? Because yeah. I knew that you know, even when my son was going to be born, I was like, an agronomist works 70 to 80 to 90 hours a week. Wow. I was already driving an hour and a half one way to work. Oh my gosh. And I was like, what the heck are you going to do, Cassie, when this baby comes? You're never going to see him. You're never going to be with him. And so I quit. And from that moment on, from what I had been, you know, told growing up is like, okay, now you're going to be a mom. And I feel like the way that we look at it in the Midwest is at least what I felt I had always been told and what I had learned is that when you become a mother, that's just it. You know, there's nothing else to it. And yes, that's so important. But what I've learned over the last years is like, it's also important to show your kids the value of using your talents, mm -hmm. the value of not being miserable. <laughs> You know, it's so important to do that. And so Bolton was born and I ended up getting a job in retail and I'm like, oh, well, this will be easy, easy. You know, do my two to three days a week in retail, just run it that way. So for the next six years, I worked in retail. We had our daughter still worked in retail. And then the place that I had been working became a very toxic environment. And I couldn't do like, anymore. Are you mean like toxic meaning personality wise, right? Personality wise. Okay. Yes, for sure. So how funny is that? That the first yeah. place was kind of toxic chemically. Yeah. 
And then the second place was toxic personality wise. And then here you are having to make another decision. But what I love about that, that just kind of takes us back to, um, if your listeners have ever listened to our episode on divine order, you know, we talk about creation and we talk about the first establishment of environment before we take any other steps in the divine order it's about environment and just like god looked at the world and said it was formless and void you know the environment wasn't right and so your one environment wasn't right is an agronomist yes an agronomist (laughs) and again in relationships it wasn't um healthy for you either in the retail space so back to divine order guys where this story is going just think about the innate and natural ability to be aware of how important it is for you to establish the right environment. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So here we are. So now, now you're in retail and you've worked there for six years and you have two children, correct? Yep. Okay. Yep. So take us where it goes next. So I was becoming, let's just say a miserable cow <laughs> working there. And um, my husband and I would have conversation after conversation after conversation but I had gone from the type of woman who had two to three jobs at a time, work, 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 working, to an instant mother, to then just doing part-time, but still, you know, having that motherly role. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready to give up work. And he's like, I know, but I feel like you need to, because it was stressing me out. It was stressing him out. Um, it was carrying over into my motherhood. Um, I just wasn't a pleasant person. So, but... Mm-hmm. And for me at the time, for that summer, it was like, okay, well, stay-at-home mom is where it is. This is just, it's going to be Cassie, and you just have to accept that and, and go with it. Now, how was, how was money at this point? Was, was, it, was it a tough decision financially? Um, well, if you've ever worked in retail before, you know you spend way more than you make. <laughs> <laughs> And the place where I was working, definitely, I, I did spend too much money. It wasn't, it wasn't going to be detrimental to our finances for me to quit. And I, I knew that it was also going to be helpful because I wasn't going to be like, oh, new shirt of the week. Yeah. This one or, you know, things like well, how that. How do you feel about not, not using your degree? Because a lot of people have a problem with oh. that. I went to all this schooling, I got this degree, and now I'm not using it. Was there guilt there? There was major guilt. And... It has taken me finding my new path and staying on it to be like, you know what? It was an experience that helped you figure it out and shape and mold where you needed to be later on. Yeah. And then I also say with what I'm doing, I still work with agriculture. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> you know? true. You know, it's I really do. It's just a different aspect. In, in our story, in my story, I went for 15 years to be, well, I went to school for four years, then 15 years Mm -hmm. writing to be, uh, to get to the big time and work as an NFL writer. And I got there and it wasn't what I wanted to do. So I kind of know what that's like when you think, oh my gosh, all my life. And now what am I going to do? And you just never know where the path's going to take you. You never know when we talk about the divine order, what God's plans are for you. He's Mm -hmm. always preparing us for something down the road. Mm -hmm. And, And that's what turned on is it's being able to see ahead and, and not get really worried because we were reading this morning and it's like, he's like, you know, just relax. You You're shouldn't be worried about Don't anything because I have plans for yeah. you. So exactly. now we're about to get to this really cool occupation about what mm-hmm. you do. So yes. tell us how this came. 
So here I am. It's going to be my first summer ever as a true stay-at-home mom. I'm going to be hoofing it, <laughs> truly, <laughs> um, you know, full-time motherhood. And um, my husband is gone quite a bit through his work. And I found myself in this space where I was like, I didn't know what to do with myself. And I didn't know exactly what to do with my kids every day mm -hmm. um, because it was that first time that I ever had to truly do that. And there was something inside of me that kept coming back. And it's like, here it is, Cassie. I told you about this how long ago. Why haven't you listened to me? Two years prior to me quitting my job, I walked into a thrift store one day and I found a steered skull for, from a cow or from a beef. And I bought it and I decided to do something with it. So I searched Pinterest and I searched the internet because I've always loved Western lifestyle. I've been enthralled by it. And I'm like, I'm going to do something with this. I'm going to make something for our house. And it's, it's going to be cool. Nothing, absolutely nothing I could find spoke to me and said, hey, this is what you need to do. Mm. So I just took the reins, did it on my own, made something. Every single person that's seen it, they're like, that is so cool. Could you make me one? I'm like, oh, well, you know, I got a thrift store. I don't know where I'd find another one. <laughs> and for two years, every single day, God kept coming into my mind. He's like, hey, girl, I showed you this, and I'm telling you that this is what you need to do. Mm. So come to this first summer at stay-at-home mom. June goes by and it's burning. It's like, it's screaming in my ears and I'm not listening. July goes by. It's still doing that. And I'm like, why can't I forget about this? What is going on? And then finally in August, I was like, all right, God, fine. Fine. You got me. I will listen to you. I'll figure this out Go on Facebook, create a Facebook status. So random. And I'm like, Hey, I'm just looking for like a few bull skulls or some skulls that have horns on them. Does anybody have any laying around? Wow. And a friend of mine from high school messaged me. He's like, Hey Cass, um, a neighbor actually had some, here's his phone number. Give him a holler. All right. I'll call. So I call this guy and I go and I get them. I purchase them. I have no clue what they're worth. I have <laughs> no clue what I'm even going to do with them. I just know that I'm going to get these. How much were they? Skulls. They were 50 bucks a piece. Okay. <laughs> and I didn't know. I'm like, okay, is this a lot? Is this, is yeah. this a little amount? Like no idea. So I buy them. I take them home and my kids are like, what are these for mom? I was like, I just, I'm going to do something with them. They're like, okay. <laughs> so we go outside and I just, what kids I know. They don't question, you know, an adult might go well, like what? Like, you know, you might get, <laughs> right adult but kids are like okay well at, at this time i want to get into your mindset a little bit so you go get these these horns these bull horns or these skulls yep and um so now you're home and you're like okay how much were you really excited at this point or were you like did you feel you know you knew that nudge that god was calling you to do something different did you feel like this was going to be something that you could really get excited about or were you so unsure oh i was excited but scared as i'll get out i was like Oh my gosh, everybody's gonna think I'm a weirdo. <laughs> um, but I'm like, they're like, okay, Cassie, 
anybody that's seen the one that you did a few years ago for your house, they're, they've loved it. They've loved it. So why not just take the chance? Just, just do it. And so I'm looking again. I'm like, you know what? No, nothing I'm seeing is inspiring me. Nothing I'm seeing is speaking to me. So why not just create something that I love, something that's from me, something that's from my heart. So I took the next two days and I did nothing at home. And then I played outside and I just spent my time outside painting these things bringing them up and doing them. And then I took a couple pictures of them with my iPhone and then I put them on my pri my personal Facebook. I sold them all in two days. And I was like, oh, all right then. Um, I'm gonna ask you what you made. How'd you price them at that point? Or you just- Oh my gosh, pictures? way too cheap. I was just like, hi, uh, I made these. Um, does anybody wanna buy them for me? <laughs> like totally um, not confident about it at all. Wow. And it was, there were like instant messages. Like, this is really cool. How much do you want for it? Like wow. no questions asked. Mm -hmm. And it was all local because they were all people I knew and they purchased some. Hmm. And then I was like, well, maybe I should go back to that thrift shop that I went to a couple years ago. You never know. Turns out the guy had five skulls wow. in his thrift shop again. So I'm like, um, can I just buy all of them? He goes, well, sure. Sure you can. So I was like, okay, thanks. Took them, did them. And then I'm like, all right, how am I going to find more? Ended up finding a Craigslist ad for the same guy that I still work with for all my Buffalo skulls who just wow. had an ad up saying, you know, I've got mounds. And when he says mounds and piles, he's not lying <laughs> of Buffalo skulls for sale. So I call this guy. He's like, yeah, you can come on up. And you can just pick them out. You know, I've got a hundred laying in the yard right now that are fully clean, ready to go. Wow. So wow. I go up and Craigslist. Right. And I go up and I just buy them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I go and I buy them and then I'm like, okay, so now I have Buffalo skulls. What am I going to do with them? And I just kept being told, like, just do what you want to do. You don't need to copy anybody else. Mm. just do what's coming out of you. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid of it. So that's what I did. Wow. That is so interesting because and we then, live in a world where everybody is, you know, trying to duplicate exactly success model. And there's sure, I mean, there's definitely success leaves clues. I mean, I think the general formula would, would be mm -hmm. a successful formula, but when it comes to artistry, when it comes to spiritual gifts, like, the more that you try to do something like others, the less it's yours, you know? And I just, I really admire that about you. That's this kind of, that's the kind of stuff that literally makes me stay awake at night is when I think about mm -hmm. how great and excellence comes out of people that are just really good at obedience and listening. Um, that's true obedience, Cassie. What a cool, that's a cool story. Like just do with what comes out of you and don't be afraid of it. I love it. And that. what year was this? Remind us now. Uh, okay. So this is, it's 2019. So it's going to be three years in August for me that I've been doing this. So I started in August of 2016 mm. and um, it, it's been crazy. <laughs> this, how many, how many skulls have you sold at your artist skulls in those? Two? I I'm getting super close to 250. Wow. Half years. And I have sold all across the United States. I've um, had people from five countries purchase from me. Mm. Um, 
I have been featured in a couple of wedding publications, um, like for Western and cowboy um, inspired wedding decor. Um, I have had a few skulls be featured at some really amazing um, gala fundraisers um, in the Western cowboy world. And mind you, I am not a cowgirl. Like my husband can buck it all day long with a horse. So this girl's like, slow down, <laughs> slow down. Jesse, he's going too fast. Make him go slower. <laughs> you know, like I grew up in a dairy barn and just like step in to that entirely different atmosphere that you're not used to is it takes a huge leap of faith. It takes a lot of trust in God's plan because I didn't know anyone, anyone, you know, on the Western cowboy art, like scene at all. And I've also learned through this that I'm a natural networker and Mm. I didn't, I didn't ever think of myself as that. And I actually was on a webinar a few weeks ago learning about um, PR from someone. And I'm like, all the stuff she was saying, I'm like, oh God, I've been, I, I've, I have been doing that for mm. two and a half years. Mind blown. <laughs> um, I've met so many amazing people just naturally reaching out and being like, hey, I really like what you do. Um, I, I really think you've got a great talent. You know, just starting that conversation with human beings is so important. What's crazy, what's crazy is that you didn't know this, but we have a buffalo skull hanging in our, mm-hmm. in our living room. And we decorated, we put uh, sunflowers on top of it. Now, for those of you guys listening at home, we are looking at Cassie and she's got all these skulls behind her and they're, they're beautiful. Some are really look shiny. Uh, some have blue on them. Uh, the blue one is really catching my eye, but yeah, you know, I know a lot of weird stuff because I watch a lot of documentaries and, and TV. So when the internet first came out, mm-hmm. uh, this is in 1994, there was a lady who lived in, in Garden City, Kansas, and they had tumbleweeds. Have you heard about this lady? No, I haven't, but I'm so, excited to. <laughs> you got to look her up. Um, it's a famous story. So they had tumbleweeds. Her name is Linda Katz, and she started taking these tumbleweeds, and this, again, the internet was first coming up. It wasn't like eBay or Facebook or any of these things now, and she started selling these tumbleweeds, and at first, it was kind of like a joke, and then she started getting orders and orders, and she sold them for $15 to $25, and remember, these are things that are blowing around in her backyard. Well she began receiving an average of 15 orders a week and making an annual income of around $40,000. And this was in 1994 from selling tumbleweeds. So what we see here is this connection that you don't know what is laying around your outside or maybe inside your house, what's gonna, what other people will like, and then what you can do to facilitate that. I love Western motif. We have horns all over yeah. our house. So I was drawn to this and I know it's a hot commodity and, and look, you could, these are classic. They're beautiful. You know, if you had a, a, if you had like one of those fancy living rooms. She needs to be in like an interior design magazines because this is, you know, it, it is one of the, it's just a very eclectic novelty type item conversation piece. It's nothing you could ever duplicate or buy on Amazon for that matter. Like that is true artistry, which I want to kind of learn a little bit more about because I've, I remember reading a few um, posts of yours. One, I think, I want to say it was your brother, your 
you have a brother? Yes, I do. Okay. And is he the one that was always, like you used to have, I know you said that something about you struggled with imposter syndrome and oh, for sure. um, you just, you know, kind of downplayed your, what you do. And he would be, would you just shut up, Cassie? She makes beautiful pieces of art, you know? And I, so just tell that in your own words, because I loved that part. And I really want to take this story to where other people that are listening mm -hmm. um, that have struggled with that, you know, to where you were able to finally see what you had um, as a gift and then being able to share it with others. Yeah, for sure. Well, my brother has been, besides my husband, has been one of those supporters where he doesn't have a lot to say, but when Tyler has something to say, it's usually very meaningful. Mm. And this particular day, um, we were in a cell phone store. And anytime before that too, if somebody's like, what do you do? And I'm like, um, I just, uh, I decorate skulls. Oh my gosh. Like now I completely cringe with that like wording and that thought. I'm like, why were you saying that? Because I seriously felt, I'm like, who am I to be an artist? Hmm. Who am I to own that and say, I am an artisan who can create with my hands and make beautiful pieces that are gonna stand the test of time and be something that people can pass on for generations in their family. Hmm. And we are sitting there and the woman who's helping us um, with his cell phone is like, oh, you know, making the chat. Um, what do you do? So he's like, Oh, this is what I do. Blah, 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 blah. And she's like, well, and what do you do? And I'm like, um, I, I decorate skulls while my brother is not a little guy and he's a welder <laughs> and he punched me in the cell phone store. And it was like punch and the words and everything. It just made a connection. And he looked at me, he's like, would you stop saying that? And he turned to the woman who was helping us. He goes, my sister makes the most beautiful art pieces I've ever seen. She's so talented. And he looks back at me and he goes, they are amazing, Cassie. And you are an artist. And I was like, oh, wow, you're right. I am. Wow. <laughs> and it took like that moment to be like, you need to just not worry about it. Like, it doesn't matter, you know, and it's it, for the people who aren't interested in it, it's not for them. And it's just like anything you do in life. You're not meant to reach every single person. You're meant to reach the ones that God intended you to reach. And even with my art or even my words, it's, it's for the people who it's meant to be for. And I honestly believe that every single piece that I make goes to the right person. Mm. I have now sold, like I said before, almost 250 pieces. I've never received bad input from anyone. Every single person has always been like, I wanted to cry when I opened this from you. Mm. And like just hearing that from people, it's like I made something that meant so much to them and it brought them so much joy. Mm. Um, some of my favorite pieces have been like people have contacted me and said, you know, my grandmother died last fall and I want to make something in memoriam of her. And this is kind of my idea, you know, what could you do with that? And as long as they're willing to fully, fully trust my vision behind the artistry, I'm ready to go. And I've made some really awesome pieces that are going to mean something to somebody for a really long time. And that is so touching to me that I finally quit being small and quit ignoring what God was trying to tell me and just started doing it. Because that's what you need to do. 
That's you can't ignore that stuff. And I love the, the, you know, the financial part of this, if you're talking about a turned on financial plan is that you're taking something, you know, there was, there was room, there was obviously margin. Mm -hmm. There was, you know, there was, there was the mm -hmm. margins were there. You were buying these for 50. Um, and I, I know how much they go for if you want to tell us, but I priced them all around. You know, I priced them. I've seen them in magazines. I've seen them in thrift stores and just the bare ones. I know what yeah. they're like. Right. I know the market. So tell us about the financial parts of your business. So of course, when I began, I totally, like I said before, I was not value, valuing myself where I needed to be. And thank God I am willing to read. Thank God I'm willing to be open to new mindsets and listen to people who are way smarter than I was at the time about what I could do with this, you know, how I could make this a financially like progressive thing for our family. And so when I first started buying them, I was getting a fairly good deal, honestly, now. Um, the price has gone up. But the thing is, like, I also understand what goes into it, the costs, and then also what I can value myself at profit profitability-wise to be where I need to be for myself, for my business, for my family. And I actually went to the National Final Droyo in December, and I was asked to come there. I hadn't planned on it and have a booth. And... Um, I had the cutest older gentleman walk through one day and he stopped and he had his hand on his back and he's like, well, you know what? There's a lady over at the Mandalay Bay and she's got some similar stuff to you. And I was like, oh, really? I haven't gotten to go shopping. I have, and I didn't. I was like, I had no clue. He whips out his cell phone. He starts showing me pictures of her stuff. And then... He like gives me her business card and I went and I looked and I mean, you cannot be like, okay, well, she's worth this much. She's worth this much. She's worth this much. It's about understanding the total value of what you can offer. And when I saw her prices, I was like, yeah, Cass, you are so undervaluing yourself. Mm. The minute I accepted that is the minute I started selling things at my true value and the people that are buying from me that value that as well, it just goes to show it's like, when you undervalue yourself, people will not respect your craft mm -hmm. or you as much as if you are actually valuing what you are doing at its full extent. Yeah, because you'll have resentment behind it. In oh, so you many do. Yeah. You do. And I mean... I too, I too, I still struggle with people sometimes that are like, oh, well, this is what you should do to them. Well, that's great. And if you want to do it, you can just go find yourself a skull. But artistry cannot be copied. Um, mm -hmm. And if you're somebody who's a creative, I can attest to the fact that if you are going to sit there and not allow yourself that, you're going to keep buying inside. So it's curiously. alive. <laughs> Curiously, because, um, you know, you're, you're really committed to, uh, you know, kind of changing and breaking the barriers around broken artistry. So um, what, what, are you, what are you selling these skulls for? I'm sure there's a range. Um, sure. I don't know. And then, you know, you've sold almost 250 of them. And kind of where do you see yourself in the next, you know, three to five years? And, you know, what's your, what's your goal with it when you're looking at it with, you know, a turned on set of eyes? Um, where do you see this going? And, and what do you, you know, 
you said we we mentioned in the beginning bugs and the reason why there's there's a story to that as well and we can kind of share just briefly what that is but mm-hmm. there's there's so much more that goes into this you guys and, and that's what i find so intriguing about this story so yeah well right now um buffalo skulls in general start around $700 and go up from there and with my stuff it depends on you know, how they're painted, the technique that's used. And then also anytime I use stones, I'm using genuine stones. Mm. I, I have a really cool turquoise collection um, that I've started and I use those on skulls. I've used mother of pearl. I've used mm. smoky quartz, citrine, um, moonstone. So that is a huge factor in pricing. Anything with stonework is generally going to be more. Um, my longhorns start at about a thousand and they go anywhere from a thousand to up to three. Um, and then that too, the longhorns, a lot of it is based on the size, the horn length or the total horn value. So if you go from tip, tip, depending on the curve or the swing of the horns, like let's just say you've got one hanging on your wall, but it comes out and then curves towards you know the interior of the like room tip to tip let's say it's 44 but maybe total horn value all the way around is going to be closer to like 73 so it's actually got like 73 total inches Mm. so sometimes people are like well that's not that big actually when you're looking at like total horn value it's a lot bigger um I actually went shopping last Friday for a really special project I have with somebody and I got two of the biggest skulls I've ever gotten. I cannot at the base of the horn next to the skull, I cannot even touch my fingers together on both of my hands. It's huge. And those are probably going to be four to $5,000 skulls. Hmm. So it's just about knowing, you know, like I said before, what you're worth, like what makes you stand out as an artist. I feel like there's a lot of people that don't think about that. And sometimes I even forget it too. People are like, oh, how'd you do that? I'm like, "Eh, no big deal. Well, it is a big deal when you don't know how to do it. Yeah. And people don't think about that sometimes. And they're like, no. I'm just doing it as a hobby. Oh, it's no big deal. It is a big deal if you have something that's completely different to offer the world. And you have to value yourself so that you aren't shorting yourself and creating that resentment behind yeah, those sales. The time. You know, you, you talked about the time that you put into this. So tell us really quick, uh, you know, how yeah. long it goes from start to finish and then this new process you're using to save time. Okay, so... What I did before was um, boil them down and um, that took, it depended on how big they were and how old they were. The older the head, so the older the animal, um, the tougher the meat. So it took a little more extra work to get it off and get them fully clean so you could just see the bone. Two to three days per head, per skull, you know, based on the sides. And then when you get done doing that, you got to make sure you get them power washed, get them degreased. You got to get them bleached out so that they don't smell, um, so that they get fully dry. So if I'm cleaning one from start to finish, it could take a full week 
just say eight to 10 hours a day. I might not be like next to them the whole time because, you know, I'm letting the water do the work or I'm letting the bleach and the peroxide sit in them so that it's, you know, cleansing them. Um, but a full week, yes. I'm really excited because I just started a bug colony. I just started. Really cool. Yes. <laughs> so I've known about them for a while, but where I live in Wisconsin, like during the wintertime, these babies would have been dead, especially since we had the, you know, massive freeze come through this winter. Right. Um, but I started a bug colony and they are a naturally occurring bug or beetle and they thrive on flesh. Uh -huh. So they are going to do the work for me. It's going to take me a little while to get their population built up, but I'm really excited because it's going to be less expensive for me. I get to pull them out and then all I have to do is just give them a quick rinse and bleach them out and they're ready to go as opposed to me boiling them for two to three days wow. and then sitting there and taking scraping. And I know it sounds gory, but it's oh, true. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's you cool. know? Here's the thing. They're nature's, they're nature's decomposition that's yeah you know, things are and that's get us back to that place where we were talking about earlier because i know that a lot of people are you know really concerned about you know animal rights and things like that and look mm -hmm. these are these are buffalo that are you know you're not going out and killing them you are you no. are goals no and that's what i love too is you, yeah she had said that you're re repurposing stuff you're honoring their no life yeah you're Completely. honoring their life and i you did say before when we were talking to you offline that when you can get the story of their life yeah you, you really work hard to retrieve now now obviously at the amount of schools that you do over time you're not gonna be able to get that every time but no. i love the fact that you're able to get the story behind their lives and um and like you said just honor them through that rather than it you know just just a decomposition over time you know yeah exactly i mean and if you were to purchase one from me and I know their story, I take the time to write it down for you and That's you receive so cool. it with that skull when you get it. Um, my favorite one is I got a skull from a guy who had had it. He, he raised this bull from birth. So he was uh -huh. born on the farm and he had him for 23 years. And he just got to the point where he, he died of old age. He was really old, hmm. but he was, at the time, he's, he's still really large, but he was the biggest one I ever got. And it was so cool to be able to tell someone that this was a 23-year-old Longhorn bull, that he spent his whole life on one farm being raised by one family. He was used for breeding purposes, how to manage their herd, and just that he had lived like a really cool life with one family. Wow, I and love that. And it's fun to be able to tell people that. I'm, I'm just, I'm as I'm here listening to you, I'm also on your Instagram page. Cause I honestly remember getting connected with you back in the day. And you just, uh -huh. I remember it was, you just would have, you know, a, a picture of a skull. Like there wasn't a lot of going, I might've seen the very first one. I don't, I don't remember how long you made some of the early ones, Angelique. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. <laughs> and I, and I remember just going like, that is cool. And I showed David, this was forever ago. And so mm -hmm. watch your journey go from just posting a couple skulls here and there and you know, you probably undervaluing yourself and hearing the, the imposter syndrome story behind this and saying, you know, who am I to be an artist and to moving into true artisan um, that you are. I, I mean, I'm just, your Instagram is beautiful. 
and we want to know where they can find you because I have a feeling that the more this gets out, the harder it is it's going for you to be do this by yourself. So tell me a little bit about your vision on that because you know, this is not something you replicate or you no. produce in, in mass proportions and, you know, sell off the internet, you know, it's, and gets dropped to shipped to your house, like a shop yes. five store. <laughs> it's just not going to work that way. So I love the fact that it brings connection back to, you know, we talk about being turned on is that you're, you're hardwired for connection. And, um, what I love about this story is we're not just replicating something so that it's high tech and no touch. You know, mm -hmm. there's so much touch to this. There's so many touch points, the touch points with your life with the bull and your touch points with the, the journey that you take it through your art. And then the touch points with the person that purchases it. Cause you always know it goes to the right home and the story goes into that and why it's created. Like that's so beautiful. Um, so tell me and David and the listeners, you know, as this grows in popularity, because these are such timeless pieces, where do you see this? Well, for me, obviously the creation part's my absolute favorite. Mm -hmm. So eventually I see myself within the next two years, hopefully not having to do more of the processing part of it. And then I do enjoy doing the social media aspect of it. I like connecting with people and having those conversations, but I want to be able to have somebody that takes care of you know, the back end stuff, the yeah. things that I, I don't thrive on them, mm -hmm. nor am I that great per se at them, but to be able to offer the opportunity to someone that needs an income mm. and, you know, have them take that and do the jobs that I don't necessarily want to do. Yeah. I want to be able to do that. And then I know within my heart that I will be able to make this into a million dollar artistry business. I, sure. I have a, I have a very large goal and in mind also to be able to like retire my husband so he can do whatever he wants to do, mm. <laughs> you know, and I know very strongly in my heart. It's just always keeping that in front of me that it is possible and there's a reason that God gave me this idea and this dream in the first place because he doesn't do that just to do it. Like there's, he has his reasons behind it. Mm. And if more people understood to quit ignoring those cues that he gives you, I just, can you imagine the world we'd be living in? Can oh, you imagine the so problems hard. we'd solve or the happiness that people could create for themselves instead of living in those, you know, dark rooms that they feel like they're totally locked into when you finally do that you can like learn so much more about yourself and gain so much more for yourself for your family you know and just like showing people what's possible by believing in that mm. you said dark room and we always talk about the long hallways and mm -hmm. in the big four and that's what turned on is because we really where we've gotten so numbed out and sedated really through technology social media uh, yes. instant gratification and also imposter syndrome or shrinking down because we don't, we don't think that we're listening. You know, we, what we're hearing is what mm -hmm. we should be listening to. And instead we start seeking out information instead of inspiration. Um, that's what turned on is, is like turning the light back on in those dark rooms and saying, look, this is actually the life that I planned for you. 
this is the gift that you have and watch what happens when you can trust this and work in your obedience and turn it into what I have unfolded for you before your first breath was even taken. But a lot of people end up unfortunately never getting there. Yes. They never get there because of they didn't obey. They didn't surrender to the process. You know, there was just so much around it because of the input that we live in this fast paced information tech, you know, society and technologies at our fingertips that we lose the ability to hear. Mm -hmm. And so that's just really cool part of, you know, your journey is just saying, you know, I didn't want to trap this in a dark room, you know, like so many people do and turning your gift, you know, in, into an enterprise really. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. what this is. And to create these types of pieces of art at, at the price point that they truly deserve to be priced at, and at the amount that you're doing it, and then eventually going to be able to scale your efforts by hiring team to help you do the back end stuff. I mean, you're, you are, you're talking about, you know, a multi-million dollar business. And that's what excites me. Like the idea of making money is cool. Okay. We, every, the world kind of it is. sucked into that, you know, money is great. And then you know, gives us more options, more choice, more opportunity. Great. Well, how are we doing that? Did we actually operate within our gifts to get there or did we hack the system? And that's mm-hmm. what I love about this is you didn't hack the system. You know, you, you got really in tune with what God had in store for you. And that's, I'm so inspired. Like, yeah. are you just inspired right now? Uh, I'm well, so I mean, you didn't have to ask me cause you know, I love, I love Western motifs and themes. <laughs> we got, we got a program. This was funny. We were leaving the rodeo there night and I stopped to get a poster and she's like, are you really getting a poster for the rodeo? Where are you going to put that? I'm like, I'll put it in our bedroom. It's okay. I'm going to put okay. this rodeo poster right above our bed. If you don't watch out, I'm that's I'm I'm into that stuff. So. I know, but okay, just um, we're not going to get into just, that now. Just give him some Jesus and John Wayne, and he'll be <laughs> right. I saw you had a Waylon Jennings shirt on in one of your pictures. Oh, Waylon, like, Waylon's my man. <laughs> now we're talking. Now yes, we're so funny. Well, thank you so much. I love your story. Um, and again, if you guys are on Instagram. Where can I'll- they find you? You can find me at Wanderlust Skulls, which is W-A-N-D-E-R-L-U-S-T, Skulls. Um, or on my website, you can check out what I currently have available at wanderlustskulls.com. And I'm on Facebook too, but honestly, hang on Instagram. It's my favorite place yeah. to connect with people and talk with people and post everything that I'm doing you can watch my journey cleaning you can watch my journey creating that's where I keep up with everything so awesome wow awesome thank you so much I love your story keep working with those bugs keep finding ways to uh (laughs) I will I'm I'm obsessed with that piece behind you with the blue on it that yes that's actually that's the patina finish turquoise patina oh okay mm-hmm. well the listeners are probably like ah i can't see yeah, I know. This is- i'm sorry <laughs> go look it up go look her up go find Just yep. get that blue one because i might get that before you guys okay <laughs> it's only for sale that one is for sale anything that you guys can physically see right now is still available awesome. okay cool okay. well thank you so much so cool amazing cassie thank you so much yeah okay. thanks for having me guys see you next time on turned on